The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Up Close with Chris Tinney. Don't forget to visit ChrisTinney.com for more information about today's topics and download the new Spread Peace app that makes it easy to take action and advocate for the causes you care about. And now, here's your host, Chris Tinney. Well, welcome back for another another show. We have a great one lined up for you today. First of all, before we get to this, this is going to be one of the biggest hemp shows I think we've ever had because in just the past few months, uh, new companies have been launched with hemp genes. We're going to talk about that. There's uh, a whole oil industry that's searching for for hemp products, and there's uh, some pioneers in the industry that that are are creating the the stories that will become f- folklore in the future. One of and one of those is Bruce Perlin Perlin that we have on the phone. He's the CEO of Hemp Inc. Before I get to that, I want to thank everybody that shared last week's show on Black Lives Matter. It was one of the most downloaded shows of all time. Uh, I appreciate everyone who shared it on there and I appreciate the people that even if you don't agree with what you heard you you took the time to actually hear the other side that that you know they said all lives matter they said uh, that they wanted to be nonviolent and so that's why I wanted to have the show because you can't really judge it by the the 30 second clips you see on Fox News or or the 30 second clips you see on MSNBC right because either either one of those two places has their own agenda so that's why I wanted to bring you those leaders last week and I I just couldn't be more thrilled with the emails I've got a lot of hate mail but but it was made up for by the overwhelming support for people that were just thanking me for the dialogue so I appreciate that uh I want to get right to this guys hemp is not marijuana it's not pot uh, it is a, an, it's, it's an industrial plant that can be used to make over 30,000 consumer goods. Now, if you've been listening to my show when I was back in Florida on the Tantalk Network or here in Las Vegas on KDON, uh, you know that this is a, a movement that I've been following for quite a while that I've actually been supportive of and part of because hemp is an amazing plant. It, it, you know, our, our colonists were required to grow hemp. Thomas Jefferson said it was, it was imperative for the security of our country. They made the sails for the Mayflower were made out of hemp. Canvas, that's where it comes from, cannabis. That's where they make canvas from. And so it, it, somewhere along the way, the, the, you know, you, if you follow the story, you know, the big businesses stepped in and they tried to get it made, make it illegal like marijuana by confusing people. And, and that was their intent, and it's all been recorded. You know, Hearst didn't want it threatening his, his paper products. DuPont didn't want it threatening their cotton products and other things that they had. And so they just thoroughly confused the public that if you smoke hemp, you're just, you're not going to get high. You're going to get a headache, probably, I would think. I've never been dumb enough to try it. Um, and, and so about a year or two ago when Colorado went uh, recreational legal on marijuana, a lot of businesses started cropping up. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of publicly traded companies. As a matter of fact, Hemp Inc., the one we're about to speak to their CEO right now, is a publicly traded company. 
company on the over-the-counter market, stock symbol HEMP. And I guess the former stockbroker in me comes out, and I guess I should tell you that anything you hear on this show isn't a recommendation of any kind of financial advice. You should always seek that from a licensed uh, financial advisor. Uh, so I just, I, I'm, Bruce, I'm going to bring you right in here. Can you believe the changes that have happened in just over the past six months in, in, in this industry? Yeah, Chris, thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, I think it is absolutely, totally amazing. Um, when I want to be a wise guy, I say, we've won the war. We're just now negotiating the terms of the surrender because medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, and certainly industrial hemp uh, has won. We will be legal in all 50 states trying to stop back, stop this movement is trying to sweep back the incoming, incoming tide with the broom. It's not going to happen. Uh, 2016, we'll see the most powerful of all votes with California slated to go recreation, uh, recreational. Arizona, Nevada will probably be recreational. Florida will go medical marijuana. And I've lost track of how many other states <laughs> will go medical marijuana and or recreational. Uh, it's really hit a tipping point and a little show in uh, the November 2016 elections. At that point, you're going to have a very interesting scenario where more than 50% of the states in the United States uh, are legal recreationally and or medical marijuana and industrial hemp as well, which you can't get high on industrial hemp. The fact that it's illegal is like ludicrous. I mean, it's like right. making cotton illegal or making uh, corn illegal or making uh, you know buckwheat illegal. Industrial hemp, except industrial hemp, has an enormous amount of potential in so many different areas from food to fiber to fabrics. Well, you know, the... Uh it's amazing to me because Americans are the number one importer of hemp, and yet we don't, you know, until now we haven't even considered letting our own farmers grow it. And when you think about the environment, you know, trucking it in from, shipping it in from overseas, all of that. But, you know, I want to revisit something there. You know, you talked about we're, we're winning the war and the movement. If there's anybody that has been in this from the beginning, it's you. Uh, your CNBC special, Marijuana Inc., was uh, seen by 23 million people so far. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> the, the, the the first, the, the Republican debate only had 15 million. You, you actually, uh, yeah, did Trump. <laughs> and and uh, for those that don't know, you know, uh, Bruce had his own fleet of ships and and uh, was dubbed the king of pot by the FBI. That's not something he came up with when he was in the news. If you haven't seen that episode, I would Google Bruce Perlowin CNBC special. It's one of the, their number one most watched shows of all time. And uh, you served time for that, Bruce. And, and now you're the CEO of a publicly traded company around hemp. You also were the founder of one of the very first ones on the medical side. Um, I mean... Do you, how do you feel about having served time for something that people are actually being uh, applauded for today? I mean, and for those people that are still in jail. I feel really, really bad for the people that are in jail for just nonviolent medical marijuana. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are still in jail uh, for serving just marijuana, and I have a lot of friends that just got out of jail recently and in the last few years. Um, and in my particular case, I was nine years. It wasn't so bad. I was in my 30s from, say, 30 to 40. <laughs> Uh, but I got five college degrees. I made straight A's and made the national dean's list. I read 100 books a year. So I was in co-ed prison, so it wasn't that rough, uh, except when you flirted with a different girl, uh, <laughs> then your first girlfriend would be, you know, those are, you know, pretty tough. So the, the, pretty the, the tough girls were the prison. danger, huh? The girls were the danger, not the guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, where else could you go where the Russian spy is, is, tells you that she's jealous of the Puerto Rican terrorists that you're flirting with? <laughs> But, uh, so it wasn't so bad for me, but the fact that they incarcerate so much of our population for 
just marijuana is one of those ludicrous things that really is changing and has finally on the massive move to, to change and, and, and re, re, uh, correct the wrongs of the, uh, of this ludicrous war on drugs that we all now pretty much have come to recognize. It was a ludicrous move. It was a stupid, it was a total waste of resources and a waste of incredibly healing potential for of medical marijuana and the incredible advantages that industrial hemp offers the United States, we actually have a shot at having a new clean and green agricultural and industrial revolution based on and built all around the industrial hemp plant. Well, that's uh, that's exciting. Well, tell tell me about what Hemp Inc. is doing now. So where are we at right now with, with you know, having hemp in the United States? You rattled off a whole bunch of states that are going to allow growing it. Uh, do you see farmers looking to adopt that crop over the crops they're doing now? Are there companies the, ready to process that? Uh, you know, c- c- where, where are we at today? Well, on the, on the we, industrial hemp side. We, we as Hemp Inc. bought the largest decortication plant in the world. All right, there's only five of them this size. There's two in South Africa, there's two in, uh, in France, and there's one in North Carolina, which we purchased. When we purchased it, we being hemping, uh, we had to disassemble it, move it uh, 30 miles away because we didn't buy the building and into a building that we purchased, and we're in the 11th hour of reassembling it. We're hooking up the wires, and that, when I say a, a decortication plant, we're talking three, 300 feet of massive machinery to strip the bark off of the hemp plant, and it does that to get the fiber. It then grinds up the core of the hemp plant, the center part of it, and we use that for lost circulation material, which we sell to the oil companies. They give them a greener um, alternative to uh, LCMs, uh, which every oil company on the planet Earth that's, that drills a well has to have an LCM in, in, in their drilling fluids when they drill, which is wow. great for us because the size of the orders are humongous. I mean, we'll have a million pounds of LCM material uh, by the end of January when, we're, when we're, the plant is finally up and running after you know almost a year and a quarter of, of reassembling it. And uh, those are giant sales. You know, I mean, uh, I don't want to say what sales we have because that's inside information. And uh, you as a stockbroker understand that part. Right, but it's right. not small. The oil companies are big. And then the fiber, we have the fiber that we'll be selling to make um, uh, hemp denim jeans out of with another company. Uh, we just signed a contract for them to buy a, a, a bunch of our fiber. And there's nothing like this plant uh, in all of North America. So you ask me what states. We have Kentucky is growing. We have Oregon that's growing. We have Colorado that's growing. South Carolina is growing. They just made it legal in, um, in North Carolina where our plant is, and that was big news for us. Um, we just had a, a last week, we had a a meeting with the North Carolina Industrial Hemp Association and 70 to 80 farmers who are anxious to grow hemp. We have more farmers wanting to grow hemp than that giant plant can process if they all did grew it. So uh, the infrastructure in America just does not exist for industrial hemp. You can grow it all you want, but if you want to process it, you come to us, or in a lot of cases, we will come to you. We've actually bought as an industry, because we're still creating an industry and fighting a war and wanting to spread the movement of industrial hemp. So we have portable decortication units that uh, we can send from our factory in North Carolina to Colorado, to Kentucky, to South Carolina, to Virginia, another state where it's legal, to Oregon and Washington state. And they can process right there in the field. We're in it for the movement as well as a 
uh, as well as uh, uh, to make a profit in industrial hemp. Well, what so I, on the on the medical marijuana side, that's all over the news. People are following it. They see these guys with dispensaries getting rich, and you know, I have my own thoughts on <laughs> how the little guy got squeezed out of that. But industrial hemp, you don't really hear about that. And there's all these different products. So you've talked about the farmers. Uh, you've got the equipment to process it. What kind of companies do you see out there? Because you've mentioned the oil. That sounds sounds big. Uh, what other types of companies do you see? I know your childhood friend is uh, starting a, a hemp gene company and and has a a GoFundMe, right? Maybe you could uh, share with us some different types of products that you see uh, being made from hemp now that it's becoming legal. And, and I, we definitely want to hear about uh, the hemp blue jeans. So, yeah, the, uh, you know, if, for those that don't know, the hemp textiles, uh, they come from mostly from China right now. You don't have a very consistent quality, a very consistent high quality. So there's a company called uh, Hemp Blue, which is just launched. You, anybody who wants to go to hempblue.com, Click on their Kickstarter for another 11 days. They got their Kickstarter campaign going. Buy a pair of hemp denim jeans. I, they source their hemp from Italy and from uh, Japan and Thailand because that's where you get the highest quality hemp. Now, they are going to come out in the last five days of that campaign with some uh, hemp uh, T-shirts from, uh, from China. Uh, but it'll be a decent quality. Their whole focus is, uh, unlike me, you know, they're like Hatsi Tatsi slick dressers and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a t-shirt jean guy, but, um, you know, they have, you know, they have one of the best designers in the world, Italian designer. He, he was the, uh, a designer for Armani jeans for, uh, for Seven for All Mankind, designed all their jeans for Wrangler Bell jeans. Um, so, you know, and he, and he did some other, companies, which I'm not allowed to say for whatever reason, they said don't mention them, but they're big companies. So they got this amazing designer. They made an amazing line of clothes, uh, a whole collection, and a lot of it's hemp denim jeans. They will transition to all hemp. You know, right now it's hemp and cotton blends. And again, go to uh, hempblue.com, click on their Kickstarter campaign. You'll see their entire collection and buy yourself a pair of uh, hemp denim jeans and be one of the first to have a high-quality and denim jeans. Now, down the road, since uh, it's my childhood friend, uh, Robin Lane, who is uh, the CEO of that company, uh, we signed an agreement, a five-year agreement, for them to get as much um, of, the, of our fiber as possible because they want to be the first company to make hemp denim jeans with hemp grown in America since wow. Levi Strauss. And that secures their place in history and and in, and in the apparel and the fashion world, which is a tough thing to do in today's competitive world of fashion. Wow, that that, that would be big. That that would be big news. Now, now the Kickstarter campaign. Did you, uh, did you get anything for for chipping in on that? Do they have different? Like, can you get a pair of jeans? Oh yeah, you can buy a pair of hemp denim jeans for men. You can buy it for women. You can just donate five dollars. You can buy a hemp box, which is gorgeous, a beautiful hemp box. Uh, it's not a little box. It's a big box that you can actually fold up and put the jeans in for 20 bucks. You can buy a hemp candle for $15. They bought all the fabric. Right? Wow. And then they have the, one of the best videos that I've ever seen on industrial hemp ever anywhere with any other company. So they've got all the fabric. All they did the campaign for was to raise enough money to make the finished garments. Wow. Well, friends, we are talking with Bruce Perlowin, the CEO of Hemp Inc., and we'll be right back after this break. Would it be crazy if you just stopped everything, packed your bags, and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? 
Would people think you'd lost your mind? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? A village crowded with Buddhist temples, not skyscrapers. A place where there isn't a word for recluse, but a thousand words for community. Would it be crazy to go 5,000 miles from home? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? To build libraries and fill them with stories? Prepare a meal with food you helped grow? To teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself? Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Do you know a nonprofit that could use more money to accomplish their mission? Are you working for a charitable cause right now and need funding to do more? Nonprofitfundraising.com is dedicated to helping nonprofits and charities raise the funds they need. Discover the best fundraising ideas of 2015 and compare your fundraising results with others. Learn how to grow your organization and connect with more supporters at nonprofitfundraising.com. That's nonprofitfundraising.com. Welcome back to Up Close with Chris Tinney. To call in and be part of the show, dial 1-866-472-5788 from anywhere in North America. That's 1-866-472-5788. And now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Up Close. Today we're speaking with the CEO of Hemp Inc., a publicly traded company, the very first all about industrial hemp, the symbols H-E-M-P on the over-the-counter market. Uh, Bruce Perlowin is on the phone with us. We talked a little bit about how America is the number one importer of hemp, and yet we haven't allowed our own farmers to grow it. And now we are. Uh, we've, talk, we've discussed a couple of states where it is being grown and uh, that they're all going to have to get it processed somewhere. And uh, Bruce is, is a pioneer. If, you've, if you're one of the 23 million people that watched his CNBC show, uh, then you know he was dubbed by our government as the king of pot. He had his own fleet, his own dock, uh, and uh, is well known in the industry. But he served his time and and uh, has been a pioneer ever since, uh, both on the medical side with the first publicly traded company there, and now with Hemp Inc. And we, uh, Bruce, it's always fun catching up with you. Uh, one, uh, you're always at the forefront of these movements like HempBlue.com with the the jeans and their and the fun, and the Kickstarter they have going now. You've uh, been so generous to so many nonprofits. You're one of the big, you know, you're one of the biggest philanthropists that I know. Uh, both your donations to help me f- feed the homeless uh, that were substantial, and for Keepers of the Wild and all that. So I definitely want to touch on that before we go. But I would be remiss because Hemp Inc. It's just a whole world. I went to your website. It's just a whole different world today than it was a year ago with the plant and all the different products. So maybe you can just give us a rundown real quick of the different products that Hemp Inc. already has its hands into. Sure. Sure, thank you, Chris. Well, we have a cosmeceutical line, which is uh, uh, hemp shampoo, hemp conditioner, hemp lotion, hemp uh, candles, which when it's not really a candle, it's a candle, acts as a candle, but when it melts, it's a body massage oil. Um, we have People love that, block, by the way. People bomb. love that. I gave that away as a gift uh, for a birthday present, and, and I've had a couple people try it, and they love that, that candle. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Yeah, that 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 was an awesome awesome product. Everyone loves that. That's probably one of the best uh, lotions you can put on your skin ever. From all the people that try that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a uh, nutraceutical line, which right now is uh, hemp protein. It's a hemp 
it's made up of hemp is a superfood, the protein, and so we have 50% hemp, AFA, spirulina, rhodium rosea, and cordyceps in that formula. And that is an awesome, awesome product to make smoothies with. And then we have a consulting division, which consults. I mean, I've been in this industry illegally or legally since I was 15, and I'm 64 now, so that's a lot of years, probably more than almost anybody out there. And so we consult with other companies. We take a lot of companies public. We help them go public. We help them with their fundamentals, and uh, that's the consulting division. Uh, we also have the Hemp Nation magazine. Part of what we do as a public company in our position is not just make a profit, which is what the supposedly all the public companies are doing. Well, we don't, we also believe in giving back and helping social causes and changing in society, but we're forced to educate the people about industrial hemp. You've had this scare tactics with reefer madness and, you know, that every, all of our, mostly our parents and a lot of our generation grew up with. You know, all this crazy stuff about marijuana, and they lumped hemp in there. So we have to have this massive educational campaign as part of a, a core element of our company, and the Hemp Nation magazine takes care of that. It's an online magazine. In the first or second quarter of next year, we will come out with uh, the magazine printed in all hemp paper or at least a cover on hemp paper just to demonstrate the high quality of, of another product that you can make with industrial hemp. And there's our educational piece, and that, that's done very, very well. It covers the legal, what's going on legally with each state. It covers the uh, breaking news. It covers, you know, food that you can make with hemp. It covers, you know, just the whole world of hemp with the Hemp Nation magazine. Wow, that um, is, that's exciting. That's, that's a lot. Just from the, in the last year, that's a lot of different areas. Yeah, we um, and then then you know, but the the big thing is that plant. And when you have potential of, um, I'll just give you an example. One foreign oil company that we're dealing with, and uh, very aggressively uh, and actively. Now be careful here. With, be careful here. What you're saying? Can you say this? <laughs> yeah, I can say what they do. Okay, I didn't, okay. I'm not going to say that we've got the sale. We don't have the sale yet. But <laughs> they right. currently buy forty million dollars worth of LCMs every month for their drill well, and they're using chemical concoctions that pollute the earth were a totally green alternative. So they're spending $40 million. That's one company. Um, right, yeah. so doesn't mean we're going to get the sale. doesn't mean that we're <laughs> going to do it. Get it. Uh, and doesn't mean we're going to get a 10-year contract or anything, which is typical, or a five-year contract. Or <laughs> okay, now, you're, now you're going That's too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to get it, but let's just say our future looks very bright. We didn't buy a $30 million processing plant for nothing. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so so Bruce, uh, so are you are you still based out of Las Vegas then, or are you in North Carolina? Where where are you at now? Okay, I'm process? in Las Vegas. The company is based out of Las Vegas. However, right after Thanksgiving, I will be flying to North Carolina because the plant is about to come online. And I do. Then there is something I do need to say. It is a thirty twenty thirty million dollar plant. We did not pay that much for it. That's what it would cost to replace that plant and build it from scratch. Right. right. So there's a qualifier there. Um, and I'll be leaving for North Carolina. Uh, I'll be coming back here for the holidays. And then in, uh, right after the New Year's, I'll be moving permanently to North Carolina, at least for a year, to supervise not just the, the plant and rolling out the materials that, that were currently in production, but to, uh, you know, to start doing other things that the hemp plant can do. I want to showcase the different things. Now, we will be building, putting in a very large CBD uh, CO2 extraction unit. Um, 
and uh, in that plant because we're going to have all the hemp there anyways. Processing, you might as well process uh, CBDs. That has, um, and everyone who has seen the, the the news about CBDs knows that it's somewhat of a miracle uh, uh, new hot product that treats almost so many different things. Uh, so we'll be doing that. I'll be doing hemp biodiesel. Um, we may be doing uh, hemp uh, plastics. If, if we're not doing it, we will certainly be marketing the plastic bottles. These things biodegrade in 90 days. Hemp plastic. Wow. You know, that I, had the CEO of, I had the CEO of uh, Surfriders on a nonprofit that cleans up the beaches, and, and it's, it's unbelievable what the plastics are. The plastic is the number one pollutant in our oceans. It's unbelievable. It, 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 it kills those big giant turtles and the birds and everything else. I can't wait till they you come up with the hemp plastics because that's going to be really good for the environment. Yeah, and luckily we have the facility to help build, bring the raw materials. In some cases, we'll just be supplying the raw materials to these companies that are making the hemp plastics. So that's another thing. Or just like we're supplying the fiber to um, Hemp Blue that's supply, you know it's making the hemp denim jeans so right. um you know and being a supplier of raw materials actually allows an entire industry to emerge and to grow and to flourish and that's what we want to do with industrial hemp well, let me let me change gears on you here for a minute because uh, I also know I mentioned you your philanthropy that you've you've done a, a, your whole life, but uh, even more recently that I've become aware of, and you've got four thousand acres out in Dolan Springs, which is about an hour out, hour and a half outside of Las Vegas here, to to build a, a Keepers of the Wild too. Now, Keepers of the Wild, for those of you that don't know, I've had them on the show as well. Uh, is Jonathan Kraft was a trainer and he uh, of big cats, lions and tigers and and things. Things. I almost said bears, but not bears. <laughs> and, he, and he started a sanctuary. And today, uh, one of the number one places he gets them from are police that confiscate these panthers and things from drug dealers and circuses that turn them in. And he's outgrown his facility there. I think he's been there more, more, more than a, two decades, I think, hasn't he, Bruce? Where he's at? Yeah, he's like 22 years he's been doing yeah. this. And I know when I, when I uh, go out to that place, they've got a giant plaque with your name on it as their number one contributor, and uh, you're helping them. You're one of the biggest sponsors to, to build a Keepers of the Wild 2 out on this 4,000 acres. It'll be Ken's Domains. Maybe you can give us an, you know, for those that haven't heard the show before, maybe you can talk about what the project is and then give us an update on that because lots of people are interested in, in being involved in your community out there. Well, you know, I like to fund the people that are going to change the world. I can't change everything, but I certainly can help fund the people that are going to change everything. I, Patch Adams, for instance, is building a free hospital in West Virginia. We, I gave him a whole bunch of uh, 50 million shares of my hemping stock, and he actually cashed some of that stock out and paid his land off. Uh, to build this free hospital. Uh, Keepers of the Wild, same thing. 50 million shares I donated to them, and they built nine new habitats at their existing facility. And Bam Bam the Bear is alive today because they had the money to build a, uh, a sanctuary for them. They don't make cages. They build big areas for them to you know, roam around free. And they brought her from back east to here. They were going to euthanize her, and now she has a happy sanctuary to run around, and she's the cutest animal out there, as far as I can tell. And old, the, the bear is a little old, he runs around, he's all excited, jumping up from those <laughs> big giant logs. Now, That's funny. we do have 4,000 acres that we are that I, I have with partners with, with Jonathan Kraft and Dwight Jory, and another 500 that I'm partners with just myself and Dwight Jory. And um, we're 
on 2,000 of those 4,000, we're building the largest wildlife sanctuary in the world. It's been approved by Mojave, Mojave County, Arizona. Uh, the blueprints are in. There's been lots of newspapers, articles that came out about it when they got the approval. And um, we start to build uh, probably well, 2016. We'll start to build the first quarter of 2016, putting up the fences and the roads. Wow. Uh, and they've got the big thing, running the water. And next to that wildlife sanctuary, which is called Wild Planet, is the name of that one. I like okay. to call it Keepers the Wild Number Two, but the real name is Wild Planet. <laughs> okay. uh, we we build kin's domains. I have another 500 acres right next to it, and the kin's domain is just a two and a half acre back to the land estate. You know, two and a half acre parcel, and uh, it was popularized by a series of books called The Ringing Cedars of Russia, which sold 20 million copies and translated into 20 languages. And it's sort of a worldwide movement. That and it's K-I-N-S domain. It means a space of love because it was originally written in Russian and translated. It's a space of love. So you build your little space of love, two and a half acres, which is one hectare for you and your family to raise out in nature with organic gardens, natural beehives, a pond. And uh, it's a, just a great concept. And we're building pretty aggressively out there. We have uh, two, four, six, seven geodesic domes going up as the center, uh, as a base camp for the build-out of the 500 acres and as a base camp for the build-out of the uh, Wild Planet 2,000 acres. And the other 2,000 acres, I don't know if you know this yet, Chris, but on 250 of them, I'm giving to, uh, and Daniel Brinkley is heading this up, Veterans Village. So for wow. our veterans that, that need a place to build and want to build a, a home for themselves uh, and, and also be treated for post-traumatic stress disorder because those domes are a holistic healing and learning center, there's Veterans Village, 250 acres. Daniel's heading it up, and so the veterans can go out there and build themselves a home out in nature. And gardening is very, you know, granite gardening is very therapeutic. And very yeah, that's exciting. And I didn't know future. that. I didn't know that. That's a, that's exciting to hear. For for those that don't know, Daniel Brinkley is the author of Saved by the Light, one of the best selling books of all time about his near death experience. They made movies about him too. He also heads up a charity though called uh, uh, Shoot. Now the name's uh, Twilight Brigade. Brigade. Gee, how, gee, well, he would have he would have been after me for that. Uh, Twilight Brigade, great organization. They he spent more than ten thousand hours with dying vets at their by their bedside. So he's just got to be thrilled to have a Veterans Village out there, Bruce. That's exciting. Big Semper yeah, Fi. And, you know, and again, I and, and and I as an individual, not the company, but as an individual, donated forty million shares of stock to that organization because you know he's the largest end of care hospice organization in the world working with 6,000 volunteers in 23 states holding hands with their dying veterans. They deserve to have funding and to, for us to help take care of the veterans. And, and again, fund the people who are going to change the world. And my workload just went down 10 million percent. I, <laughs> my job is to build Kim's Domains. That's my territory. But I also fund anywhere I can the nonprofits. Uh, and it's worked out very well. It's actually happened it's actually there's tangible results uh for for what i've done to date so as a hippie from the 60s that wants to change the world i've done a big chunk including starting the first publicly traded company in this sector medical marijuana inc sold it four years ago there's now 300 of them i mean forbes right. magazine called me the godfather of pot stocks and <laughs> those 300 companies chris that is a force to be reckoned with and that dawned on me when my cousin Todd Denkin from uh, Digipath Labs at Tesla, the medical marijuana for the dispensaries in Las Vegas, said, oh, I donated not $5,000 to this nonprofit. I think it was Weed for Warriors. Um, and I realized 
we got 300 publicly traded companies donating to all these nonprofits. Right. Robin Lane from Hemp Blue, they donate to um, to the, the, North, the North Carolina Industrial Hemp Association, the, the National Hemp Association, the, the Hemp Industries Association. Another company she has, CBD Genes, they donate to Normal, they donate to LEAP, which is Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. So, I mean, and I realize there's millions of dollars going to these nonprofits from this public sector group of money, of companies right. called the pot stocks or the marijuana stocks. Well, my friend, you are definitely uh, changing the landscape out there and changing the world one person at a time. I I, uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. I'll I'll have to catch up with you and share with you. I had another guest, Circles USA, and they're actually going to go into a community and, and try and lift 10% of the children out of poverty to prove a tipping point. And I think they've got a 3 or $4 million grant so far to get that done. So that's pretty exciting uh, to see all these people kind of coming together. And I, I get to be blessed to have you guys all on my show. Thank you so much for, for, for being on today, Bruce. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure, Chris, and thank you so much for having me. Okay, folks, so uh, that was Bruce Perlman, the CEO of Hemp Inc., the first industrial hemp publicly traded company. And uh, if you haven't gone to, to, to hempinc.com, go check that out. Hempblue.com is the blue jeans. They're really cool. Uh, some really cool jeans. And at Hemp Inc., you can see all the other stuff he talked about. Uh, I'll have links underneath this if you're one of the 15, 20,000 people that will listen to the show after this live broadcast. Uh, all the links that were mentioned are right below. You can check those out and uh, you can keep listening to the show while you're doing that. If you're here with me live, thank you so much. And remember, this show is not just about this one hour a day. This is this is to be the boost to start our week. I want to meet up with you on Facebook and on LinkedIn, on, on Goodreads, our author group, where you can recommend authors to be interviewed on the show. And you can check out transformationalheart.com, uh, a new company that, that I'm involved with that's helping people really bring uh, their, their, their work and their life in alignment with their values and their heart and create some incredible transformations. And you'll be hearing more about that. Thank you for joining us and I'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney. This is the end of the show. You don't have to let the conversation end now. Visit ChrisTinney.com to learn more about today's topic. Listen to past shows and connect with like-minded people. Up Close with Chris Tinney is broadcast live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel and rebroadcast online and throughout North America in select markets. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing, and we'll see you next week on Up Close with Chris Tinney.